In terms of health, questing for truth becomes a very interesting quest because if it's true for me, and I know if it's true for me because it works, and I can call that my truth. But I also know that it's only just my truth that Mark Rowe might find for himself a different truth. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe, and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits, and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine, and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly, and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. As a practicing family doctor with expertise in lifestyle as medicine, my purpose is to encourage and support you in terms of positive health, personal growth, and all things well-being. As I say, to never stop starting. Each month on a live webinar, I teach learning by doing and learning by being. The why and the how of health enhancing habits, giving you the science as well as support strategies to live with more vitality. I'd like to invite you to join my self-development club. To learn more and to sign up, visit drmarko.com. So I'm delighted to be joined again in the doctor's chair by Dr. Wayne Ruger for part two of our conversation about creating places to flourish, cultivating more generative spaces, and I suppose, as I say, living with more vitality. Wayne, welcome back. Can I ask you about your understandings of health? Because knowing you for many years, I know you've got your own particular views about health and how to cultivate better health in your life. Well, thank you, Mark. I'll draw from my own personal experience um, because that is my laboratory and classroom for learning about health. Um, Everything that I know about health, I've looked at myself um, because... I have access to myself. I can try different things on myself. I can Mm -hmm. see what works. I can see what doesn't work. So um, you use the term understandings of health. And I want to say, Mark, that my understandings of health have evolved over the years. That it used to be when I first thought of health, I only knew health in terms of health care getting treatment for things when we weren't well. But I never understood that there's this other side of health where we can go beyond the state of not being well or just being okay, that we can be incredible and that there is no limitation to the incredible we can be. And um, so I have over, so I take the view that I am 
the instrument. And how it feels for me is all I need to know. Mm-hmm. And if it works for me, it's legitimate for me to talk about. But I, I only suggest it from my own experience. So this is getting back to, you know, that very old idea of, you know, so- Socrates, you know, the father of medicine, knowing yourself. Exactly. Pay exactly. attention. Pay attention to how you feel, how you are in the world. And so um, kind of. So, yeah. So. And then as my understandings of health continued to deepen, my view today is that the words health and life mean the same thing. Mm. That if we're doing well in our health, it just is a happy coincidence. The byproduct is that we do well in our lives. If we're doing well in our lives from the inside out, we're also doing well in our health. And it really is in the degradation of our lives, of our health, of not taking care of ourselves properly, that things that we have, we become more susceptible to -hmm. conditions, to illnesses, to diseases. And so um, as a young person, I experimented with food. Going back to the, these ancient ideas, Hippocrates, mm-hmm. as you know, said, um, let food be um, medicine. And that's the Japanese ethos. Just about everything that traditionally the Japanese have eaten has had a, a medical reason behind it. And so as a young person, I became a vegan. And um, I saw very quickly what a huge difference that made. And then somebody introduced me to supplements. And it never occurred to me that the foods that we were eating didn't of themselves provide us with all of the nutrients that we need all the time to be in our optimum levels of health. So I began to learn about supplements. And that led me to learn about our immune system and how important it is to really invest in the robust ability of our immune system to give us the resilience to withstand the insults that our body receives throughout the day, every day, through microbes and various, say, pollutants, things that have the ability to diminish our health that are circulating in the environment all the time, including things like um, electromagnetic waves and radiation. So um, to me, it's important to start with ourselves. And when you say Socrates said to know thyself, to know thyself, um, you know, questing for what truth is, has been a human endeavor forever. And in terms of health, questing for truth becomes a very interesting quest, because if it's true for me, and I know if it's true for me, because it works. 
and I can call that my truth. But I also know that it's only just my truth that Mark Rowe might find for himself a different truth. So I'm happy to say, you know, Mark, I'm a believer in, in taking, you know, a minimum of so much vitamin C every day um, because I believe that this helps our immune system to maintain its 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 resilience. And you might say to me, well, you know, Wayne, um, I, I don't think it's as important as you do. And that hasn't been my experience. And I would respect that that's your truth because the chemistry of you, your system, the whole gestalt of Mark Rowe is different than the um, machinery of, of Wayne Ruga. And you think you're making a really good point there, Wayne, that, you know, your unique thumbprint for optimal health and vitality is unique to you. You know, the, the chances of our thumbprints being identical are less, less than one in 64 billion. You know, we, we, you are unique and, you know, the your microbiome in your gut with the 50 trillion plus microbes yeah. is, is testament to that as well. And of course, while there are some universal truths uh, to good health, you know, getting restorative sleep, exercise yes. and movement, et cetera. I think particularly when it comes to uh, nutrition, it, it is really important to know what suits you best. I think there is no one size fits all. And, and, I, think, and I think, Mark, that this is a very, very difficult um, truth to resolve in our world today where um, we have so many people and people have so many complex needs and we have this idea that we want to develop systems to take care of these needs. And there are certain things that we can develop systems for and systems are applicable to needs, but it's also crucial to remember the unique individuality of every single human being and to respect that. And this is one of the um, core ideas behind generative space and mm. creating a place to flourish. Um, all the truths that I have mean nothing when I want to cultivate a more generative space with Mark Rowe for Mark to discover his flourishing. It only works to for me to become a student of Mark Rowe and take the time and have the focused interest in hearing, listening, coming to know, as, as the expression is, to stand in someone's shoes to actually feel like what it feels like to be Mark Rowe. Mm. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> that one of the funny things about the world that we live in today, Mark, is that we have these places called children's hospitals. And if you go around the world and you look at a lot of children, children's hospitals, um, they're all different. And, and people have these different funny ideas. But part of the funniness of the whole thing is that children's hospitals are designed by adults. And these adults think that it's okay for them to be responsible for designing children's hospitals because they were children once. But hospitals are for 
children today. And the children today aren't how it was when we were children. And unless we go and we talk to these children and we really come to understand what it's like for them in their world, it really is like a a violence to impose our idea of what it should be like because we had this experience when we were children and we think that we're experts. And a lot of our world is created this way, not only the physical environment, but the dynamic that we bring to interactions is based on experiences that we've had in the past, rather than allowing all of this to be resource to inform the now, but not to create the now. In order to really, really be together with another human being, we need to be together with that human being now. They're a different person than they were yesterday, and we're a different person. I think you're so right, Wayne. And I think people nowadays are can be so distracted at times. People can be highly stressed. There's so much stress yes. and noise and busyness in the world. And I think to your point, I think it is so valuable to to be present with another person, to really listen yes. and, you know, to be compassionate and, and to be present. To give someone the gift of your presence, I think, is a tremendous gift. Yes. And, and also to be compassionate to yourself, uh, not to be letting your inner critic run riot and to, you know, understand that you are a human being as well and nothing's perfect. And as I say, treat yourself with the same kindness and empathy and support and, and caritas, as you would say, as, as you would your best friend. Yes, yes, yes. Well, in, increasingly, Mark, it, it really is um, clear to me how we in the world of today, um, you know, for me, that means, say, within the last, um, I don't know, 50, 100 years, we are the product of a system. We can't deny that we're the product of a system um, because we've grown up in a world that has told us to believe certain things, to behave certain ways to not believe certain things, to not behave certain ways. And there are commonalities in these um, formative conditions across the population. And so how it looks to me today is that we have been produced to all be good round pegs to go into round holes to make the machinery work. Unbeknownst to us, because we're so busy so much of the time, we rarely have the opportunity to stand back and see that that's what's happening. But really how it looks to me today is that the system that is the system that we've created, that we maintain, that does this, has forgotten to remember the individuality, the unique qualities of each single person, because we're all being made to be these round pegs. And the truth is that we are all born as square pegs. And over the course of 
most of our lifetimes, we, we allow the edges of our pegs to be shaven off so that we can be round and fit into the, the jig unbeknownst to us. And as I point this out to people, and I provide an opportunity for people to really consider their uniqueness, their unique individuality, and how they would prefer to be expressing their unique individuality in the world, call it our, our purpose, really, people are going, yeah. And to me, this is part of creating the conditions for people to flourish. This is part of learning how to take care of ourselves in terms of understanding ourself and allowing ourselves to detach for a moment. You know, it doesn't mean that we have to be a hermit. It doesn't mean we have to live in isolation. Um, increasingly, in, in our network world, there are so many different creative ways that we can find our own unique voice and ways to create meaning, to share our gifts, to make a living, to take care of our families, um, and to have a good time, to really, really have a good time, to flourish in our lives. And so this idea of reawakening the individuality and the responsibility of individuality, I think is really, really important. When I talk to people about leadership, Mark, um, I say that leadership really begins with you. Um, you know, it, it's not about who's leading the country. It's not about who's the CEO of, of your company. It's about you and appreciating that Mark Rowe is the CEO of Mark Rowe's life. And as the CEO of the enterprise called Mark Rowe's life, you have a profound um, responsibility for the life of Mark Rowe. And of course, this is true for every single human being. But most people never hear this about themselves. Um, most people are never given this opportunity. So I'm grateful, Mark, for your, your giving me the opportunity to share these observations um, that I've been making about my own life, about the world, about our ability to make a better world, to provide opportunities for people to flourish in their lives. Um, I, I, I hope that this can make a difference for people. Well, I'm sure it will. I mean, it, it's such a, a simple idea, the idea of really taking good care of yourself, but it's so important and so powerful. It is really about awareness. It's about knowing yourself. And as you said, continually exploring and questioning and looking at ways to be better to yourself and allowing that then to extend out into your into those people you really love and care about, the people you work with and the communities that you're part of. And, you know, we do make a, a living with uh, what we get, but we make a life by what we give to others. And I think that really, what you're talking mm -hmm. about right there really epitomizes that quote. Wayne, mm. I, I see you, I know you a long time and um, I, I really do see you as being a very resilient person uh, you know, you, you've, you've kept going, you've persisted, you've really, you've showed up, you've continued to be your purpose in the world. Can you give our listeners three take-homes for cultivating a more resilient mind? We must seek and discover our own truths. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
because one of the things that is um, a big eye opener as as we advance in our age is discovering that so many things that we were told were true, that we believed are true, really aren't true. So it's it's important for us to know for ourselves, this is true for me. And I know this because I've I've discovered it as my truth. That that creates a solid ground for us to walk on. So your second takeaway is long ago, I heard it said that most people believe that we are human beings having a spiritual experience. But really, the truth is that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Now, I had never heard that before. I never really thought about that. And so to, to have it be said like that, that the truth is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Hmm, I never thought of that as my truth. So I've been on a quest in my own life to really find what's true for me. And I've come to discover that I believe that um, this saying was true and is true, that there are things happening, things available here in our experience as humans that, how can I say, I, I am inspired by the ability of people like Walt Disney to imagine something so extraordinary that he can create a park that has a sign in front of it that says the happiest place on earth. And that this is to make a claim like that and to build the world of Disney. And so I say, well, where does that come from? And the place that I believe that that comes from is in the beyond, in the beyond. Mm -hmm. And was Disney unique that he had the ability to connect with the beyond to discover this? I don't really think so. I, I'm, I'm, um, since, since you first contacted me about this idea of doing a podcast um, about leadership, I've been thinking, well, you know, I don't really think of myself as a leader, that, that a leader is something um, that I, I happen to be. It's a, it's a role that's part of the air that I breathe, but it, it's not what I would consider myself to be. So I, I was thinking about John Lennon and his incredible song called Imagine. Beautiful song. Yeah. And, and, and how the Beatles came up with this wild thing called the Magical Mystery Tour and how they took the world to such a, a new and different place it just captured the imagination of a generation of people. And so where did this come from? Somehow there's a, a beyond. So in terms of takeaways, take-homes, I would say that this, this the second um, in developing a more resilient mind is to really appreciate there's more going on here than we ordinarily pay attention to. And it gets very, very, very exciting to start paying attention to this. And seeing how we can learn from it and grow in our own ability to flourish by accessing a richness that 
people don't ordinarily engage in because it's not easy to measure. Um, it's not visible. And we don't really have metrics to understand it. And we just have to find it for ourselves. That's the second thing. The third thing is, and Mark, I know you've heard me talk about this before, is that in the world, there are what's called mysteries. And, um, you know, that here on earth and in the time that human beings have been on earth, we've been terrific in our pioneering and our discoveries and in our inventions. But it is likely that there are mysteries that no matter how long we live and however smart we get, we'll never discover all of the mysteries. And what an exciting idea that is. You know, it's not a problem. It's exciting. And it's exciting to keep discovering um, because the more we quest, the more we discover, and the more interesting the quest becomes in looking into what can we discover about mm -hmm. this idea of the mysteries. It's something I often talk about, you know, to, to never stop growing, never stop learning, never stop discovering, you yes. know, a, about yourself and your life and, and the world that you live in. Uh, Wayne, finally for you, you know, what do you believe the meaning of life is? Oh, the meaning of life. Um, mm. Yeah. To me, that's a quest, Mark. You know, I, I can only give you a snapshot of where I am now. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I turned 70 a little while ago. So for 70 years, I've been trying to discover the meaning of life. Where I am today on this is that, it, that I've come to the Psalm 23, which begins with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I find great meaning in that, to think of myself as in the whole evolution of lifetime as being sheep, and that there is something, whether we call it the Lord, God, the universe, a force, that I surrender my life to, to be cared for. And in my surrender, I'm willing to say, I shall not want, because I trust that this shepherd will guide me for the rest of my life, that somehow this shepherd has <laughs> taken this, has enabled this black sheep, and I consider myself to get a black sheep, be a black sheep, because talking about round pegs and square pegs, um, Mark, I'm probably a triangular um, <laughs> peg or, you know, a rectangular peg, um, but certainly I'd consider myself to be a black sheep because I, I, I for sure am happy to go my own way, um, but I trust the safety of going my own way that I'm being looked after and I don't need to worry about wanting this, needing that, provisioning myself for something else. It, it's being taken care of. So right now in year 70, my lifetime, that's a snapshot of, of, of what life means to me. And um, it's, it's a new idea for me. Well, Wayne, it's been wonderful having you in the doctor's chair. Keep leading, keep inspiring, keep being your purpose in cultivating more Caritas everywhere you go and a more generative world. Wayne Ruga, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. 
For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com.